I mean, I, I you know, if you look at lists, I mean, this this episode gets talked about a lot. This is on uh, BuzzFeed's, uh, you know, 30 best episodes of television. <laughs> 30, 30 times David Lynch, David Lynch made us say, oh, wow. 45 <laughs> times David Lynch made us question the, the morality of man. 20, 26 times in the Twin Peaks that uh, made us uh, want to go throw up. <laughs> Why is Bobby such a fuck boy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Episode eight of our podcast, mm-hmm. which covers episode seven, part of seven, three, part seven, excuse me, of, of Twin Peaks, The Return. And, you know, a little side note, I'm realizing now that there probably were better ways to structure this where I don't have to keep saying episode <laughs> eight, which covers episode seven. Uh, I we like it. It's, cut- it's a quirky. No, no, it's a quirky little feature <laughs> of the show that, yeah, will drive people insane. But, you know, that's that's in keeping with the auteur that we for get my to watch for my note taking and like editing purposes it's a nightmare <laughs> um even last night i was like called are we watching which part <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes this is episode eight of the podcast which covers part seven of season three uh twin peaks the return i'm with my uh with my david lynch sherpa garrett say hello garrett Hello, Garrett. <laughs> God. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, I think we'll just start off. I mean, this episode does starts right at sixty miles an hour. It's uh, it's it's an old man. The uh, the uh, these guys that I want to in my head, I, I wanted to call them the property mm. brothers. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. the, the, two <laughs> the old property. That... Is is that the twins? Like like the show with the twins? Yeah, it's a it's a show with a twin. Uh, I think are they twins or are they just brothers? I don't know, but they like do like help improvements. Yes, yes, that's funny. Brothers. How are you aware of that show? You really should do a, 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 a podcast with my wife because she you know she watches that show and I, I'm only aware of it because of her. I... <laughs> property brothers and Twin Peaks. You guys, it's it sounds. Like, I mean, and Harry Potter. You got a hit. I think I think what you're what you're you basically just just uh, explained is that that me and your wife are with all of society on one side, and you're on another side of society, a fringe, if you will. Yeah, uh, that does not know you know basic uh, cultural touchstones, <laughs> like this idea that like house flipping shows are 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 really in, are really in right now. Or uh, that the Harry Potter series was very influential and made a lot of money. I should be living under a bridge is uh, <laughs> what I'm taking away from that. So we have two brothers, older brothers in uh, the world of Twin Peaks, in the town of Twin mm-hmm. Peaks. There's mm-hmm. the uh, uh, business brother mm-hmm. uh, who runs uh, the hotel. The Overlook Hotel. Uh, the Overlook Hotel. And there's the uh, uh, insane... Uh, Hi, brother. And we don't see a lot of these two, but we see them here. There's an old man in a Hawaiian shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets on the phone with his brother. 
Yep. And he says, someone stole my car. And his brother says, what? What? And he says, I think I'm high. I don't know where I am. Yeah. And that's the end of that conversation. That's basically the whole the whole uh, scene. Yeah. These, these two characters were, were both pretty big characters in the original show. Um, mm. So maybe more fan service. I don't know. It, it, I'm not going to. You probably won't be surprised. There's not a huge payoff with these people. They keep, <laughs> they keep throwing a bone to the, to the loyal fans. So here they are. <laughs> the uh, hotel brother uh, comes back later. Oh, okay, yeah, let's just um, get right to it. Sure. The the characters that are involved here were referenced, I think, in in either part one or part two. That's correct. Yeah, or maybe even part it's, three, but very early. It's uh, Beverly, okay, who's Ashley new, Judd. Uh, yeah. Ashley Judd, yeah, who's a new uh, employee mm-hmm. at the hotel. Mm-hmm. And in the, I think in either part one or part two the high brother was talking to the business brother and he was like, Oh, you're going to like hook up with her. And the business brother was like, Hey, don't talk about her like that or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. They, we cut to this weird um, scene in uh, part of the hotel um, where there's a weird uh, noise, like a humming, um, yeah. a humming. Yeah. That's like a metallic kind of humming. Mm-hmm. And they play this weird game where they go to one corner of the room and they're like, is it coming from over here? No. Let's go to this corner of the room. Is it coming from over here? No. Hmm. We can't figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, business brother says, uh, call maintenance and worry about it tomorrow. Uh, and then um, they have some weird sexual tension. Yeah, they do, right? Yeah. Where where Beverly, Ashley Judd is, is kind of like, uh, okay, well, all right. And, and he's like, well, okay. Should probably uh, go home now. And she's like, oh, uh, okay. Thank you, Mr. And then I forget what his last name is. And yeah. She, he's like, hey, call me Ben. Call me Ben. And she's like, yeah. okay. Good night, Ben. Good night, Beverly. You know, and these things, they always, you know, once again, using names, right? Using first names. Yeah. I'm okay with it this time because they're, because it's part of the sexual tension. Yeah, it's kind of part of a trope, right? It's like the the boss and the employee. It's like, you know, like this, this strange authority di- di- uh, dimension in these films, right? They, it's like uh, get to know, you know, address me by the real me, right? Uh, kind yeah, of but so in this in this context, though, I thought it would make sense in any sort of movie or TV show where there's sexual tension. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, Mister Whatever. But I'm I don't think there's sexual tension in other scenes where it's people call each other by their first name. I mean, I don't think <laughs> Deputy Director David Lynch is trying to hook up with. Uh, David Duchovny. No, 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 no. I don't think so either. But in other instances I mean, where the, where the sexual tension is already present in the scene, that is something that they go to. Is like, no, call me. That's true. You know, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> so, uh, Beverly Ashley Judd goes home. Yeah. So I left the scene thinking, you know, that's that's kind of a nice relationship. Uh, and I was like, oh man, I can't remember. Is Ben married? Boy, I, I sure hope these these people aren't married because I don't know. I feel like that's a that could be a nice little relationship they're building. I mean, he's super old, also. He's pretty old, but you know, she's actually she's like decrepit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right, maybe it's kind of gross. Maybe I just like he's the gonna have at least <laughs> he's got at least twenty years on her. I think. Yeah, you're probably and right. he's her boss. <laughs> There's nothing wholesome and nice about that relationship. All right, I can't defend it. I can't defend no, I think, it. I just I think like the humming. So much, 
you've seen so much David Lynch that when someone isn't being someone isn't a hooker <laughs> or about to be murdered by the person by their sexual partner, you're like, oh, what a sweet relationship. Yeah, I hope well, those two kids make it. <laughs> yeah, well, we find out what the relationship is on uh, on one end. Yeah, so Ashley Judd goes home, uh, and there's a guy in a wheelchair. Uh, is he Tom? I think that's his name. Yeah, he's he's just Ashley Judd's terminally ill husband. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think if I remember correctly, he's jealous of her. He says something uh, to the effect of, "Hey, why are you home so late?" And she says, oh, you know, I had a lot of work to do. And he's like, but what were you doing? And she says, I had a lot of work to do, right? And then she explodes on him. Well, she could have just been like, I was listening to the electricity. Obviously, Tom, there was a weird noise. And I had to move back and forth across the room to try to find it for hours. Yeah. Tom. And he would have Um, said, well, this is Twin Peaks. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, we look, do live in Twin Peaks, so keep an eye on that electricity situation. <laughs> Let me know how it develops. Let's let's watch the nightly animals attack each other on TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, my favorite show, yeah. uh, National Geographic Raw. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Chief Deputy Hawk is, uh, oh, is on the case here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Now I can't remember. He's did found... did you did you correctly identify what what these things are that he found uh, last episode? I uh, probably. I mean, I was pretty sure that they were from Laura Palmer's diary, right? Uh, which they turned out to be. Although actually, it's more likely that they were um, the uh, uh, script of part one because basically he just goes over all the plot points, <laughs> <laughs> the major plot points of, of the show. <laughs> In this well, diary. Well, we're seven hours now into the show. It's good to catch the audience up on what's been happening. <laughs> I guess so. So they, so he finds these pages that were, and and I can't, uh, you know, belabor how bizarre the situation is. Uh, he's pulled these pages out of the door of the stall mm-hmm. of the men's of of one of the stalls in the men's bathroom, mm-hmm. and he brings these pages in, and he's in the middle of debriefing the sheriff. And the sheriff is like, you you found these pages in the, the stall of a door? And he's like, yeah, but that's not important. Listen, <laughs> these are from Laura Palmer's diary. That's what the log lady like, told me. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the log lady told me. And the sheriff, I mean, hey, maybe like you said earlier, maybe this is this is the town of Twin Peaks. And like, hey, you know, just roll with it. This is how but, cases get solved. Yeah. But uh, he says, how do they how do they get there? And he goes, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe when we brought Leland in for questioning, mm-hmm. uh, Leland, who is the father of Laura Palmer and mm-hmm. was possessed by Bob, maybe when we brought Leland in for questioning, he thought we were going to, this is what he says, he thought we were going to frisk him. Mm. And so he went to the bathroom, disabled and disassembled the men's room stall <laughs> and hid the pages there <laughs> instead of just flushing them down the toilet. Yeah. Uh, and then reassembled the stall and then went back outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy implausible. Yeah, it doesn't make um, any sense. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. It, it does, so, but, but, but basically he covers a couple different plot points. Which is he basically, by the way, which is basically 
half of Firewalk with me, right? What he's describing. Yeah, yeah. So what he says is, uh, and this is Laura Palmer's diary, and Laura Palmer uh, is describing events that that uh, post-date her death. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, makes sense. You know, in the context of the show, she's been getting visions. Um, but it's interesting that the diary explains plot that's relevant to the situation that Sheriff Deputy Sheriff Hawk is in right now, which is he's on the case of what's going on with this cold case of the missing FBI agent. Right. And the pages he finds uh, say that uh, the real the real Dale uh, doesn't come out of the lodge. Yep. He's still in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's even more. It's like there's something about Bob. Yeah. Yeah, because she says, I, you know, I found out it's... Uh it's not Bob or something like that. It's, I know who it is, which is, you know, her realization that it's her father. That's. Yeah. It's kind of interesting where, I mean, there are some, uh, you know, mystery detective shows or whatever, where the audience discovers information as the detective discovers information Mm -hmm. at the same time. And then there are some where the detective is like, you know, Hercule Poirot and has figured it out before the audience and then like explains it to you at the end. Um, and then there's some where the audience knows ahead of time and enjoys watching the detective piece everything together. And this is none of those things. No, this is, this is this Columbo. Is, this is, uh, the final, um, explanation you gave. Well, uh, you, you take issue with the enjoyment part. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but also, it wasn't as though Deputy Sheriff Hawk for the past six episodes or six parts has been like slowly <laughs> piecing pieces of evidence together. In part one, the log lady gave him a prophecy, mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. that there's something going on with Cooper. And he's like, okay, I'll look into it. He accomplishes nothing for, for five parts. Mm-hmm. And then in the sixth part, he spots a dime on the ground <laughs> that leads him to open up a bathroom stall and then you know, it's all kind of just laid out for him. Mm-hmm. It's more about the destination, I guess, than the journey. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's true because I guess you're right with uh, like, you know, I feel like Columbo's like the, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why well, I like it. I, been, I like it. <laughs> the journey has been, it's just been, you know, uh, one quick scene every episode of some of him saying to himself, Native American heritage. <laughs> Uh, let's carry on with Sheriff Truman. I was going to say, uh, yeah, this is the fun part. Uh, so Sheriff Truman, I guess, wants to talk to this doctor. Uh, he calls him on the phone and says uh, he's asking him uh, some questions related to the case. Uh, and then for some reason is like, hey, do you have Skype? Yeah. Uh, we should talk on Skype. And then the doctor's like, of course I have Skype. And he then pulls a lever on yeah. his like wooden desk and a monitor rises out of his desk. Yeah, very a wireless sweet. keyboard that I don't think was there before yeah. shows up. Um, I guess the computer turns on automatically and he logs into Skype and then types in the guy's username and they have a Skype conversation. Yeah, very like uh, pimp your ride kind of desk action going on here. Yeah, and another another instance of some pretty bizarre product placement or oh, with Skype not I guess 
But I mean, it, it they use the word Skype. I think, you know, and there's a yeah. Skype watermark on the the screen. <laughs> I think I know. You know, honestly, I think at that time, I think people that if you're going to do video calling, I think that was, you know, that was the technology that everybody used. Yeah, but um, you would say, first of all, I, I I get that, but I wouldn't say if I was in a TV show, I wouldn't say Skype. I would say video chat or video call. Secondly, they don't discuss anything that they couldn't have just discussed over the phone. They went out of their way to have a Skype call, and it's not like them talking face-to-face changed anything. Right. Their conversation was very appropriate for a phone call. So I have an explanation for this. Okay. It's kind of a sad one. So that that actor died uh, the same year The Return came out. I think he must have just been really ill. They wanted him on, on camera, and I think that was the only way. They could do it. it was like hey let's just do a video call with you from like your house um because oh, he he okay. yeah he died because i i thought the same thing i was like why why isn't this guy here like why, why can't we see him um and i think that's the that's the that's the reason for all all the complicated discussion all right and even you know well, i appreciate uh, that they didn't just like they didn't just like paul walker and put like <laughs> his face on his brother's body or something uh which is which is on which is um i think you can even see it in the performance of sheriff truman the sheriff truman where he's he's you know he's kind of has kind of like a misty kind of look in his eye um mm. because you know i think the actor um in real life is is terminally ill so mm. i think it's kind of a goodbye kind of thing too even even in real life so anyways mm. All right. Well, so after that down, I'm complaining too much about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still, I would I would argue there must have been some sort of deal with Skype because because TV shows just don't put in product names uh, unnecessarily. No, you're right. You're you're, um, you're right. Showtime was trying to they knew the viewership wasn't going to be there, so they're like, oh my god, how are we going to pay for all this casting? Uh, <laughs> Every opportunity we get, uh, Lincoln, Skype, yeah, Formica, everything as much as we can get. Formica. Um, okay, so they talk about it. Um, there's another scene with uh, one of these dumb cops. Uh, it's Andy, right? Yeah, um, yeah. This scene was problematic. This is probably my worst. My yeah, the thing I liked the least about so the episode. Do, do we- do we do we know who this guy is that Andy's talking to? No, I think he's he's. This is a new character. I'm almost oh, certain. Gosh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, and and I'm going to describe it, and people that are just listening to this podcast will think that sounds like someone we've dealt with before. <laughs> it's a man in distress at a remote house with a pickup truck, and that could be anyone in the entire town of Twin Peaks, or in the state of South Dakota, yeah. or any of the other locales we've visited. Yeah. Um, Sheriff or deputy sheriff, I guess Andy uh, is like, he's like, well, this is your car or your truck, right? So you have to explain, and it's it's presumed that the that the man uh, that he's talking to has done something illegal, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's urgently illegal. He's like, you have to explain, and he's like, the guy's like, I can't talk about it now. You got to leave. You got to leave. I um, can't talk about it now. And now, if you're a police officer. And you, you're, you've come to someone's house to accuse them of doing something illegal. And they're like, you got to go. Yeah. I'll talk to you two hours from now. <laughs> you know that road by the creek? I'll meet you there. 
just uh, strange police work. Yeah. Uh, I guess is the theme of the first half of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. So, not how they taught it in the Academy. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. And so the guy is, I mean, it's very obvious that the guy is like in fear of his life. Uh, yeah. Incredibly distressed by something for sure. Yeah. And so deputy sheriff, Andy's like, okay. And then, hours, he, and then he, and then he's late. Yeah. He, he sprints back to his shack. Yeah, <laughs> like a bomb's about to go off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he runs back to his shack, and then uh, later in the episode, we cut to Andy sitting by the side of the road, uh, <laughs> waiting for uh, waiting for someone to come by, and he doesn't. And then there's a little pan- a little cut to the house, and the doors open, and obviously someone has come in and killed this guy. Yeah, something bad. Or ta- or or he's escaped, or something has happened mm-hmm. um, because of Andy's terrible delinquency. Yeah. Uh, did you notice the other product placement? Uh, Rolex. Very bizarre. I know. A- Andy rocking Deputy the Sheriff Andy, rocking the Rolex. My God. Ar- arguably the dumbest character in the show. I think that's safe. Yes. Has, has a Rolex, and man, what a fine timepiece that is. I know that slow really bizarre. sweep of the second hand. Yeah, that that thing's legit. And so what? I mean, so what? David Lynch is. I, I'm going to say it's David Lynch. I'm sure it's actually a Showtime executive. It's talking to all these companies, and he's like, he's like, hey, you know, we have an opportunity to show a, a watch. We want to show Rolex. And Rolex is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll give you some money for that. That sounds great. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be like, you know, <laughs> this Cooper? This is a great point. <laughs> is it going to be like, maybe like Dark Coop, like doing some like assassin shit? Is it going to be one of the FBI agents? <laughs> some like, you know, cool, like special commando or like, yeah, or maybe one yeah, of these yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. mob bosses, you know, a man of affluence and power. And they're like, no, it's the dumbest, probably <laughs> poorest character. In this rundown town. Yeah. Who's completely inept. Um, in fact, shows his ignorance by not, <laughs> by not, um, you know, by relying on a timepiece and, you yeah, know, yeah, oh, it's not good. Uh, it's also funny. It's also funny that Rolex is targeting all these weirdos who are into Twin Peaks. Like, oh yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people watching Twin Peaks who can afford a Rolex. You know, a lot. I of- think they must have. They, they must have been like, look, people that are going to watch the show are like people that will pay for advanced, like an advanced cable package. <laughs> And people that care about like arty TV and movie, um, and these are presumably wealthier people, I guess. I don't know. I think it's a bunch of nerds uh, up at three a.m. You know, checking Twin Peaks forums, and I, I, mean, I don't think I, there's a I lot of those people. I, I don't think there's a lot of people wearing Rolexes. I think I think people that uh, care about. Uh, care about their schedule and their time. Don't watch the show. No, no, exactly. <laughs> People yeah. that have places to be are not are not watching uh, <laughs> Twin Peaks season three. No, no. Um, so uh, we come back to the um, the Navy uh, woman. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. On the case of Major Briggs. Yep. And Major Briggs's fingerprints have come up, and they've come up in the case of the um, from from what feels like a year ago as part one. <laughs> the guy that the the was it i can't remember now a woman died oh this is your favorite this is your favorite plot line it's, it's already slipping know, look, so look how they've, they've lynch lynch's torpedoed mark frost's uh, attempt to make a compelling procedural show i mean 
seriously, you know, <laughs> these these episodes came out once a week. Yeah, yeah. And that's about the frequency that we've been watching these. Uh-huh. And this was a month and a half ago that this happened. How am I supposed to remember what happened a month know, and a half ago? Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, uh, it was it was a woman that died, right? And then her head was on top of the body of a man? Uh, yeah, it was... Um... A woman died in an apartment. The, uh, yeah. And then they pull back the sheet and it's it's a body of a man. Yeah. It was the principal yeah, okay. somebody or other, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, and all that stuff. Matthew Willard, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, they, they, it turns out that Major Briggs's prince are the prince of the decapitated body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Navy woman comes. She's like, let me see these prints. And, and, and he's like, uh, the detective is like, uh, they're on this body. She freaks out. I guess it's the first time that Major Briggs's body has turned up. But she reports to her superior that it's the body of a 40-something, you know, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the head is missing. Major Briggs should be in his 70s. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, a super evil homeless man walks by. Yeah, yeah. I love this. I just, I love this scene. I love it. I, I yeah, I, I, I agree. It was, it was, uh, it was well done. It, you know, she's in this hallway, and it's interesting. You know, it occurred to me as I was watching it um, that, like, you know, you have a lot of people that are like in office buildings or like in public buildings that will like take discreet phone calls in the hallway mm-hmm. and there's never anyone like moving around in the background. And so that the fact that this guy is walking towards her in the background, mm-hmm. she doesn't address him or anything, but it's, it draws your attention in a, in a pretty interesting and unique way. Yeah. And it's completely out of focus. Um, so it's really just, uh, you know, you, you see it initially and um, I still remember how I initially experienced, I mean, obviously I knew it was going to be something quasi sinister, right? But you see something in the background and you think, oh, is that an extra? What's going on there? Because you can't see it, right? And she's in the middle of this conversation with her superior. And as they cut back to it, he comes closer and closer, slowly walking. And then you can kind of start to get the sense of that somebody who uh, doesn't belong in the morgue. And you you hear, is it like, you hear something. I think it's like a weird, like staticky kind of electricity thing. Right, yeah. Um. Now I'm going to assume that this is the same sort of homeless entity that was in the jail cell. Correct. With Matthew Willard. Correct. Who disappeared. And if you remember all the way back to Firewalk with me, remember those crazy guys working on the car in the um, diner before they walk in? Uh, yeah. I think it's the same. I think it's the. <laughs> uh, I think it's the same kind of. It's like the traveling murderous homeless troop or whatever the hell they are. Um, <laughs> okay. Same kind. Same uh, guys. Same guys. All right. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> so this homeless guy just walks by. Uh, yeah. So and that's it. That's, that's it. So the last we've seen of a homeless guy, yeah. but uh, but he but he he goes by. Um. So uh, let's talk about Deputy Director David Lynch. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, and Miguel Miguel Ferrer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talk to. What's funny is uh, we were talking in the last episode about this yeah. very brief conversation with Diane. Yeah, uh, and then it cuts away. Miguel Ferrer comes back. He's still mad that he got rained on. It's like the worst thing that's ever happened yeah, in his life. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, and he reports that uh, what, what we saw in the episode was him saying Diane and she says yes uh, basically the only other thing that happened in that conversation was he said I want to talk to you about about Cooper and she says like go to hell or something and she said fuck you Albert uh, right that's like that's the joke fuck you Albert that's the yeah, joke yeah, that yeah, keep yeah. Going back to. that's right that's right that recurring line is that she tells people to, to, she says fuck you to different people mm-hmm. Um, and so David Lynch is like, okay, well, let's go talk to her together. They go to her house. Mm-hmm. They go to Diane's house and they have this like Albert and, Albert and Costello routine <laughs> with her where they're just like two like muckety mucks, like just ri- ribbon her where, where, you know, she's like, they're like, you didn't uh, like this. Hey, Diane, I love this. Know. I love this. Oh no. It was so weird. Oh no, where, it was great. Where uh, he's like, Diane, you know, are you going to help us? And she's like, fuck you. And uh, and he's like, hey, yeah, she's a tough cookie. <laughs> Miguel Ferrer is like, hey, you got farther than you I did. Farther than me, huh? Just, <laughs> so bizarre. Oh, but how, how about the line? How about the how about the writing? Because this is the film noir of the original show, right? Like where he he goes, hey, can we get some coffee? And she's like, I don't have any coffee. And she's like, I don't have any fucking cigarettes either, right? And she's standing there smoking, right? Which is a, such a great. Yeah. I, I just love the. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. The, I enjoyed that. You know, the femme fatale. Um, double indemnity kind of vibe going on. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I thought they're weird. Like maybe it was like a routine to make her feel more comfortable, but they're weird. Like, Hey, you know, <laughs> got tougher. Hey, hey, I told you she's a tough customer. Huh? No, yeah, hey, you, know, think, you weren't joking. I think, I think that is, I honestly, I think that is what, what they're going for. Uh, I think they're trying to put her yeah. at ease for sure. She doesn't want them there. Yeah. She's intrigued. Uh, and then it's also kind of funny that that you know she's like I don't have any coffee, uh, and then and then she goes into the kitchen and like pretty quickly brings out like a laid out coffee set <laughs> for them. <laughs> um, yeah. And you get that line that I'm sure you love, damn good coffee. Damn good coffee, yep. Uh, they had to do it. Delivered, delivered as David Lynch loves to deliver lines. That's damn good coffee, Diane. <laughs> like a weird, deaf robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so she agrees to go with them and what they want from her is, you know, she's the woman that knows Coop best. Mm-hmm. Just like you predicted, just like you predicted in the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to use her to identify if this is the real, the real Coop or mm-hmm. not. Um, on the plane, there's a little thing with, uh, with um, Tammy, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, attractive, but frequently disrespected FBI uh, rookie. Yes who has identified something about the fingerprints that she looked at, I think two episodes ago, mm-hmm. um, where she shows that like the fingerprints are, and I didn't really get what she was saying, but it's something about that they were like mirror images of what they should be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, it's an interesting little way to, to, to show that, you know, he's like a, a weird evil clone or, Doppelganger, okay, doppelganger in the in, sure. in the language of the of the show. Um, mm. uh, David Lynch does this weird thing with her hands, where <laughs> they're uh, there. She she holds her hands uh, palms up, and then he flips them over, and then he taps her fingers, and says, "It's very good to see you again." As he touches each finger, old friend. That's what Cooper said to. Um, Lynch. Yeah. When they met. Uh, it's very good to see you again, old friend. And then she grabs, he, he grabs her 
what is it? Her pinky or, or the maybe skin, her index finger? The skin between two of her fingers, and it's like this is the sole part of your hand. I, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. So some sort uh, of weird, very FBI inappropriate. Code. Yes, inappropriate. Yeah, I don't know. Very inappropriate, right? Yeah. If, um, if if my boss did that to me, I'd be like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" You know. I think it's playing but, up. This, you know, if you if this bizarre like if, uh, you know, it's like the old boys club of the FBI that uses these bizarre codes. Yeah. Uh, it's no dancing woman, but um, <laughs> right. It's something. Yeah, I know. I think I you know I think you're right. I think that's yeah. you know it's in the same vein of the dancing woman. I think yeah. this is how they you know, she's learning. Um, the academy's over. Now it's time to learn about our <laughs> the X Files wing of the FBI, which the deputy director has sole purview over. Apparently, that's right. Um, are you you're tossing something up and down? Oh, could you hear that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's okay. <laughs> um. Uh. So yeah, let's let's carry on with uh, with. Uh, how that goes so um mm-hmm. they they show her uh a photo of him of of bad coop in rio de janeiro <laughs> and man you know <laughs> he's back on team kabir if he was off before <laughs> i've always been on, t- on on team bad coop what a fucking baller <laughs> He's he's hanging out in Rio <laughs> with a huge like clearly like drug lord house, like a white suit. Yeah, with super uh, long hair. It's just like his, his, his dress shirt's like buttoned has like three buttons unbuttoned. <laughs> Man, whatever he's like, doing, thousand dollar right. loafers on. Yeah, yeah, he's he's. That's who should be wearing the Rolex. That's yeah, uh, exactly. Man, Rolex must be so <laughs> mad. Yeah, oh, they, they, I'm sure they are. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly who should be wearing the Rolex. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, imagine if he like he later we'll talk about how he walks out of prison. But imagine if he walked out of prison and and the warden was like was like you forgot one thing and he puts on his Rolex and he's like right on time. <laughs> how sick of a product placement would that have been for Rolex? I need nothing. <laughs> But I want thousand meter depth <laughs> protection. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So Diane uh, goes to the weird uh, prison. Uh, what's a good way to describe it? Um, it's like Hannibal Lecter <laughs> updated, I guess. Yeah. Is the situation where she presses a button and the, the screen rolls up and he's sitting there in yep. chains, like staring at her. They have a weird conversation. It's vaguely implied that they hooked up at one point. Yeah, correct. Um, yep. And uh, he's just so cold to her that she fl- flips mm-hmm. out. Um, is an excellent yep. actress yep. in the scene, by the way. Um, yeah. And uh, it's Laura Dern. Yeah, she's killing it. Um, uh, rolls down the um, the barrier and runs back outside. She's quite shaken, and she says that uh, yeah. it's the same. He looks the same, but his heart isn't there anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, David Lynch says, well, that's good enough for me. They have a very nice touching mm-hmm. moment. They, they have a little hug. Um, let's talk about the warden. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Roll Mr. Strawberry. Yeah, they're, they're locking up. 
and uh, he's, he tells talks to the guard. Dark Coop talks to the guard and says, "Tell Warden Murphy I have a message." And the warden, the guard's like, "Fuck you, no! Tell him I want to speak about a strawberry." For some reason, the guard apparently passes on this message. Uh, yeah. I would <laughs> right. I'm sure. I'm sure he gets that message ten times, but maybe he's like, you know, this guy's shark eyes. Maybe, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe I should right. pass this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, that's true. This was also the guy who uh, somehow disabled the entire security system <laughs> right. on a whim. So uh, maybe yeah. we should take his warning seriously. Uh, I have, uh, I have yeah. the audio of a little bit of their conversation, of the warden's conversation with Coop. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's, basically, let's uh, the warden invites him up to his office, and they he handcuffs uh, Coop to a chair, um, or his guards do it, and then the guards leave them. I've turned off the security cameras. We can speak freely. And he pulls out a gun and points it at Coop. And privately. The dog leg. That dog had four legs. One you found in my trunk. The other three went out with the information you're thinking about right now. <laughs> to people you don't want coming around here if anything bad happens to me. How do I know you know anything about this? <laughs> Joe McCluskey. What do you want? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I, Jim as an Kosky. audience member, just know that uh, I, I have very little information, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it, it was, uh, it's the kind of thing where it's like, if you knew something about what they were talking about, and there's like one yeah. detail that's unclear, like Joe McCluskey or, you know, the dog is involved or, or something. Uh, that would be fine, but like we we don't know any of this. Uh, ah, but you don't need to know. This is this is the MacGuffin esque thing. But there's like four MacGuffins. <laughs> yeah, it you know it's it's a bunch of weird extra Lynchian layers. <laughs> but all, all you know is Cooper has something on the warden that the warden did that was really bad. Okay. Yeah. It just it it leaves me wanting. <laughs> a 19th episode no not that oh, we, we, we gotta cut we gotta cut we gotta cut something just just well, like maybe sheriff like a warden, little... i mean the warden got his stuff cut he didn't make it he didn't make the cut you know you know all it would have to be is when he in that scene where it's kind of alluded that he's thinking about breaking out of the prison uh-huh. uh earlier i think it was part one or two yeah if there was just one thing that was like Oh, they do. Don't they reference Joe McCluskey? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's who it is. Remember, they're talking about in that in that scene where he says, um, where he says, "I only want, I don't need." Yeah. They're talking about um, the guy that he's talking to has information about. Or he's going to get information from Joe McCluskey. Oh, really? That's yeah. a great callback. I, I I don't remember that. I mean, it's a very specific name. I, I might go back and watch that actually. Okay, so maybe there is something there. I think, yeah. Um, Interesting. I think my okay. point still stands because the amount of mental work I had to do to to remember <laughs> that, 
and keep in mind that I'm not just a viewer. I'm also taking notes and then and then also talking about it in a very, with a very critical it. eye and then editing it and hearing my own voice talking yeah. about it three or four times over again. Um, so, yeah. all right. Well, uh, I guess wow. we'll, let, we'll let this one-legged sleeping dog lie then and deal with it later. Um, the, so anyway, he, he uh, basically, you know, uh, has has heavy dirt on the uh, yeah. the warden, and he says mm-hmm. he wants Ray Monroe freed. And Ray Monroe, I believe, is the guy from Part One and Two, right? Correct. Yeah the the weird looking guy. The weird the, looking guy. Not not the other the, weird looking guy. The first weird looking guy. <laughs> yeah, the the guy with the really pronounced cheekbones. Yes, looks yeah. like he just bit into a lemon. Yeah, exactly. And so he's the one, if I remember correctly, that was talking about Joe McCleskey. Mm, um, okay so he's involved somehow i don't think we saw him get arrested right he just no, had to we be didn't. in prison mm-hmm. um so they both get out um there's a car waiting for them uh and uh they drive away yep that's it um so we'll see what they get up to yeah let's get to uh let's get to the good stuff right with dougie of course dougie's back at work mm-hmm. tom sizemore who you'll recall uh, is Dougie's apparent rival <laughs> at work. Um, Slash, it, it's he's like his frenemy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good way to think about it. Um, and and Tom Sizemore uh, believes, probably correctly, that somehow Dougie has figured out that he's doing something illegal with the book. He's cooking the book somehow, mm-hmm. and he's in Dougie's office. This is just after Dougie had a conversation with the boss, in which somehow the boss divined that Dougie had uh, uncovered this malfeasance. Um, So Tom Sizemore is there. He's being ignored. And he says, hey, why won't you talk to me? What were you doing in the (laughs) boss's office? What's going on? It looks like Dougie is scratching his drawing. You actually, we see a different camera angle. And he's actually scratching the desk protector. He's gone off the page and is is writing his Dougie hieroglyphics in the actual, yeah. Yeah, yeah. An assistant comes in. I think the woman that wanted to have sex with Dougie, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, she comes in and and she says the police are here. <laughs> and Tom Sizemore has a funny thing where he's like, "Oh, I got to take a call." And leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The police come in, and it's three detectives uh, headed up by. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, his wife comes in first, right? Uh, no, no, his wife comes in while they're already there. Uh, basically, as soon yeah, as they come right. in, his wife comes in. Yes, yes. Um, the the lead detective is uh, David Keckner. Yeah, David Keckner uh, leads uh, these three uh, detectives in. Um, and it turns out they're not here for the case of the forged documents. They're here for the stolen car case, mm-hmm. um, which, as you remember, uh, was left at the um, development where he was having sex with uh, Jade. Uh, Jade. And uh, then the car, a car bomb was placed and the car exploded, killing several gang members. Um, mm-hmm. Keckner asks him um, a couple questions, and you know, in in classic uh, aggravating Dougie fashion, he doesn't respond and is despondent. But his wife answers for him, and everyone is just kind of okay with that. No, the the detectives are definitely bothered by it. They're like, what? They're they They're, definitely are like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Yeah, um, but they don't. At no point do they say or or communicate that they are not comfortable with the fact that this guy's not telling them anything. They give uh, the wife their card and they mm-hmm. say, we'll call you or call us to file a report 
at your convenience. And they seem yeah. like they don't want to like upset this like hostile woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, which is a nice impulse, I guess. But uh, this man's car exploded, <laughs> <laughs> killing uh, several known gang yeah, members. Yeah, multiple people. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's involved in, in tangentially to a homicide, and his car is accessory to murder. Uh, yeah, and he's, he's wearing that natty suit too. I don't know. It's pretty nice for for an insurance man. I mean, uh, police show up and 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 they're like, "Sir, your car, you know, blew up and killed a bunch of people." And he can't put two words together. And his wife keeps answering questions. This is it's it's incredibly suspicious behavior. And they, uh, I agree, they but are... they 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 go they go good cop on. I think I think is it Keckner or the other cop other detective who someone jumps in and is like okay you can call us tomorrow kind of thing like it's they, it's, they the, it's one of the other cops okay. uh, they also make a joke about like uh the insurance money they were like you won't have to wait long for the insurance payoff ha right. ha, ha casually accusing him of of, of a crime <laughs> um, right right <laughs> yes uh, yeah but, so let, me, uh, let me uh let me play this clip this is uh okay this okay. is uh uh, at one point when uh, when his wife, uh, Naomi Watts, uh, jumps in to defend Dougie and explain uh, what's going on with his with his car. Mm-hmm. When uh, did the car go missing? Dougie? He's just staring at the ground. Dougie. A few days ago. Few days ago. Is there a reason why you didn't report your car missing? Reason? Yeah, I'll tell you a reason. There's more to life than cars. Too many cars, too much going on, and Dougie's been under a lot of stress lately. And if you want to know the truth, so have I. Don't tell the fine people at Lincoln uh, Mrs. Dougie's position on American I muscle. Mean, that's not good. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. Uh, he, her, her position is that she didn't file, he didn't file a police report because there's too many cars in their life. (laughs) There's too much going on. And I, and I, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty common, that's true. It's a pretty common thing to be like, I didn't file a police report because like I was too busy or like, I thought it would turn up or whatever. But to say that there are too many cars, (laughs) we're, we're too busy for this. And then she gets more and more aggressive. Uh, you know, we're too defensive, busy for you. Actually. Defensive. Um, you know, they're saying like, "Well, do you know what? Who might have stolen it?" And they're like, "Wasn't that your job? Uh, <laughs> why didn't you file a police report?" Well, I, well, I guess well, that's what we're doing right now, isn't it? It's just yeah. very. Um, it's a recurring theme that uh, that she interacts with with men who are in a position to kill her or destroy ruin her life, her life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah uh and she yells at them and they just go away meekly it's very strange oh i love that i love this woman i mean yeah. she's she's great i mean you want her in your corner yeah. i mean uh my god she's great so they're walking out uh oh and then and then i should say the boss also is like can we talk about the uh those uh the accusations of fraud and she's like he's had a long day and he's like, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. well, we can pick it up tomorrow then. No problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Why this woman chose Dougie? My God. 
she she should be with dark coop i hate to say it but uh, uh oof, i'd love to see it they, they can they can own the world my yeah, god yeah. um so they they walk out um and you remember the police had made a joke about insurance fraud she's she's leaving mm. she does not ask him by the way do you know about a car bomb uh the right, first no. thing she says to him is is you know they're right we will get insurance money for it but mm-hmm. not that much and you know i just have to give twenty five thousand dollars to these drug dealers to get you out of your gambling debts and so we don't have as much money for a new car as we would have had if you weren't gambling now they have another four hundred thousand dollars <laughs> Uh, not, not to mention the fact that if it wasn't for his gambling, they wouldn't have $400,000. This whole <laughs> scenario has worked out. I mean, aside from the fact that Dougie has cheated on her, everything's better for her than it was earlier. <laughs> and she's got a lot of complaining, uh, a lot of complaints. Um, well, you know, she uh, she lives life a quarter mile at a time. Like she yes. wants, it can always, she's always hustling. She's always looking for oh another edge. She's looking for the next she's hustle. Like, yeah, she's like, we could have, you know, that insurance money. We could have, you know, we could have combined it with your 25K in debt. But, you know, okay, we're 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 working. <laughs> and then she remembers why she married Mr. Dougie Jones. Yeah. Oh, one, one more quick point that I forgot to mention is when she's talking mm-hmm. to the detectives, at one point they ask a very standard question. Can you describe the vehicle? Uh, <laughs> Dougie doesn't yes. describe it because he's mute. And she says, oh... It's a really cheap, I think she says light blue, old Ford. Yes. The kind of car, yes. the kind of car that was pre-owned, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah, uh, what they call the dealership pre-owned. That's yes. right, yeah. Um, very cheap, very cheap. Yeah. The uh, answer to that question is, you know, it was like a Ford Taurus. You can't, right. you can't like. <laughs> it's a 93 Ford Taurus. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Exactly. She's got a lot of thoughts on automobiles. <laughs> she does. She does. And the police are fine with it. They're not like, well, what make and model is it? They're like, oh, we'll keep a lookout for an old Ford. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, anyway, now we get to the real, the real, uh, mm. the real meat of the episode. Yeah. Um, they're walking outside of the of the office, and she's telling him about her plans to scam the insurance company or whatever. Um, and the little person assassin from the previous episode, yep, here uh, he is, runs up to them and pulls out a weapon. And uh, mm-hmm. Dougie goes into uh, Coop Prime mode, and exactly. uh, and con- pushes her out of the way very heroically, and uh, controls the weapon and brings the uh, the um, the little person down. Um, they start struggling for the gun, and. Um, a mini version of the electric tree. I think it's I think it's electric tree prime. I think he pops his little head out. Of of the of the concrete. Of the um, ground. I guess this was a this was a job too important for Mike. He's like, eh, I, I gotta handle this yeah. one. Thank God. No, um, no delegating for this one. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> I gotta get involved. Uh and uh he 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 eggs on uh Dougie mm-hmm. and says, I, I believe he says squeeze his hand off. Yeah, correct. Yeah, uh, which is a weird thing to say, but um, yes, yeah, he's sh- he's kind of shouting, screaming at Dougie to do that as yeah, they're struggling yeah. for the with the weapon yeah. on the ground. 
uh, Dougie uh, does a few uh, like uh, like chops to the little yeah. person's neck mm-hmm. and gets control of the weapon, and the little person runs off into the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, a sort of a strange cut to it's it becomes suddenly like a massive crime scene. Um, yeah. I mean, no, I guess no, no, it's a few hours later. You can tell by the the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a few hours later, but like there's a helicopter overhead. There's all yeah. these people surrounding it. <laughs> and like, look, I mean, it's a small town, I guess. Um, I guess it's not very common that like assassination attempts happen. Um, but they're treating it like like some like multiple people were killed. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then you have a little uh, uh, shot where, where you see them bagging the weapon. And there's like uh, skin remnants mm-hmm. uh, on the gun. So it looks like a piece of the little person's hand has come off onto the gun. He squeezed the hand off, I guess. I guess, I guess. Um, uh, yes, a little, a little, a little electric tree uh, action. Um, <laughs> okay, you know, uh, moving the plot along. Um, uh, any other thoughts on that before I move to the next part? Uh, no, no. Good Dougie scene. I loved Good. it. I'd forgotten about the electric tree, so that was that was a nice little cameo for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, little, little yeah. guest appearance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the crowd and featuring Electric Tree. I know, I know. I, I, I was imagining the same '80s sitcom where yeah, the, you know, everyone's turning that. around, smiling at the camera, and then there's yeah, electric, electric Tree shows yeah. up, and uh, yeah, and yeah, he get yeah. and it gets like a Kramer like uh, standing <laughs> ovation as he shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, you know what? I misspoke earlier. I called that the meat of the episode. We get to the real good stuff after this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut to the uh, Bang Bang Lounge. Yep. And there's a man sweeping. I I love this, by the way. He sweeps for two minutes. Did you time it? I did. Yeah. And uh, like peanut uh, shells off the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty poor sweep technique too. I don't know if uh, you noticed. I guess so. Uh, I did not notice. Was he not anchoring yeah. the broom well? Uh, he wasn't anchoring the broom well. He, he created a nice big pile of um, trash or whatever, and then he moved the entire pile uh, yes, closer to the rest right. of their trash. Yeah. No, no, no. You yeah. got to create additional piles. Come on, buddy. Uh, so uh, that kind of took me out, but I still loved it. Still loved it. Yeah, and does he not have like a like a pan, uh, or or uh, well, something you to know, sweep that, into? I mean, he's well, just gonna have well, that could work. Pile of garbage on the floor, and then no, he's gonna, he's gonna go it. get it. He's it's off. It's it's out of frame. He's he's gonna get that. I, I'm okay with that. You're okay with that? Well, yeah, this yeah. is. I mean, this is the podcast. These are the twi- These are the twin takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's it. All right. So and then uh, Jacques and old Jacques Renault's on the you know he has. Uh, doing the books in the back i guess well this is he has perhaps the most evil conversation yes uh i think that that a person could have (laughs) um he yes after after two minutes of sweeping the phone rings by Uh, the way but before we talk about this um i've been thinking about this a lot do you remember uh hawk and deputy truman were talking when they were talking about the the found pages they say they they reference the fact that this guy is dead um which guy they say the jacques renault the guy on the phone 
we're yeah. about to talk about. They say he was murdered um, many decades ago. So I don't know what the significance of that is. Or it's something sure? I hadn't. I'm positive. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, so so I don't know. I don't know what that means about the Bing Bing Lounge. I don't know if we're some sort of you know lodge like state. But yeah, I'm almost positive. I, I mean, wait, maybe this maybe this scene is taking place in the past. I think that's possible. Yeah. Because he's talking about Laura Palmer, right? No, I don't think so. I think he's talking about. I guess it could be. I hadn't thought. I, I hadn't considered he, that. I think he is because he's talking about two women. Yeah. Uh, that something happened to them, um, and he's saying that it wasn't his fault that they were underage. Uh, mm. Trust me, that they're both whores. He uses, uh, and then he says, "No, they weren't straight A students. They were whores." Straight A whores, which I wrote down as perhaps the most evil thing you could say about a dead person. Yeah, um, right. Uh, I think now that I think about but it, do we? But do do we know that they're dead? The the woman he's that they're talking about. He, I thought there was he, some sort of issue. I thought that the issue was that they were killed. Oh, I, I didn't get that. I thought there was some sort of payment issue. That's pretty fascinating. Uh, I hadn't thought about this. Is this the past? I don't know. Um, it and makes are sense. they talking about that? Jock is dead because, I mean, if if you're going to talk about two 15-year-old girls that are supposed to be good hookers and are not for whatever reason and are proven to be underage, I mean, that could be them. It could be them, yeah. Yeah, maybe they are. Maybe they're talking about, um, yeah, Laura and then her friend, right, who gets killed. They both get or One gets killed and then, right, the other one um, escapes when uh, Leland kills her. Great. I don't know. Pretty cool. I hadn't thought about that. Or maybe, if, maybe if it's a payment issue, maybe it's um That's what I had I had assumed. I thought I, I just thought it was some sort of like business dealing. Let me let me, let me put this out there. Okay. What if right. it's the situation when Leland went and saw that Laura was mm. a hooker and reneged on the deal? That you know, that makes a lot of sense. Those were the same women, by the way. Yeah. Um from Fire from it's, Fire Walk with me, right? Fire Walk with me again, yeah. Interesting. That's really interesting, right? Um, huh? Yeah. Huh? Are you coming around? No, because I know this isn't going to matter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Crazy. Yeah, I'm sure I it's not going to I mean, you know, I can make a show and then put in a scene from the past. If it doesn't have any consequence <laughs> in the future plot, like, what's the point? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, we'll have to wait and see, but yeah, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe that's uh, Leland on the phone, huh? Uh, yeah. So that and that's it. Um, there's the scene in the diner. And oh yeah, yeah. So this is the final. This is the final shot too. This is yeah, yeah. Uh, a guy runs in and pokes his head into the very crowded diner and says, "Hey, has, has anyone seen Vinny?" And then very quickly, yeah, leaves. very con- very concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we know who Vinny is? Uh, I don't know, but I I love the reaction. Everyone is Everyone's bothered. Kind of like, I think they're just no. like I got the I got the impression that like Vinny is like someone that's always like up to no good. And they're just like, Ugh. yeah, I don't know. I loved it though. <laughs> okay, so uh, what was your uh, what was your rating? So, you know, I thought long and hard about it and um it doesn't get better than this. This is an A. This is an A A this episode. Is an a? Oh my god. Oh, this man. is an A. Yeah. The the Laura Dern with um Dark Coop. I mean that that alone. 
um, I, you know, I, I don't care what anyone, you know, what could have happened the rest of the episode that, that pushed it over the top for me. I mean that, look, that that's good. There's good stuff here, but, um, <laughs> look, I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about, uh, you know, the golden age of television mm-hmm. and, you know, premium, this is premium cable, you know, uh, you know, top, top level actors and actresses, you know, if I watch like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever show, uh, I can't think of a, a one off the top of my head, but like, you know, a show that's regarded as like a really good show. Most of the performances are going to make me think that like, oh, this is a really good show. Yeah. Fair enough. You need, you need more than one, I think, or two to really save uh, all the weird shit in the episode, the random no. Skype calls and the, <laughs> the, you know, weird touching fingerprints and flipping yeah. your hands around the, the, I think I'm high. I don't know where I am. And yeah, you've yeah, seen, yeah. um, dog legs and, uh, <laughs> I mean, this is, this is, this is an experimental film that they shot over 18 episodes and then they showed, you know, anyone could watch it in their homes. Like there's nothing else on television like this. There's nothing. Yeah, this would, because... no one would ever make this. Like you, you have to go, <laughs> you have to go to a, a museum <laughs> to watch something like this. It's incredible that they gave this much money. You know, I, I agree. People I agree. It's it's incredible <laughs> that they gave this much what money to these people to make this. Uh, what a gift to the world that we got to oh, see man. the return. I'm gonna give it. Uh... Uh, I'm not sure. I'm going to give it a B minus. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's, B it, ties, it ties the highest rating that I've given, which, which was, was for part, parts one and two together. Parts one and two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what, what does uh, AV club have to say about it? So disappointingly, uh, they gave it an A minus. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Their faith yeah, is yeah. shaken. Yeah, I think they don't. I think, you know, I think they're at this point, I think they're a little worried that everything's gone off the rails mm-hmm. after last episode. Uh, well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Any, uh, <clears throat> any parting thoughts? Uh, so I know what's coming next episode, which is one of the best episodes of yeah. television ever made. This is quite a, quite a high bar uh, you've set for it. Yeah, I know. You're you're not going to think that. I promise you. (laughs) 